He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. John Katsimatidis here, Cats at Night, 5 o'clock. Number one show at 5 o'clock. And uh, with us today is uh, Judge uh, Richard Weinberg, Congressman Peter King, and uh, we have some other breaking news in a, in a few minutes right after Bill O'Reilly is on, our, our number one uh, nightly host. Uh, uh, we're going to have Mayor Eric Adams has called us and wants to go on. Uh, Lydia, bring on Bill. Bill O'Reilly, prolific author, historian, and uh you know, brilliant guy and a former teacher. And he's also has a host. He's a host here at WABC radio with the number one show at nine o'clock. Common sense with Bill O'Reilly Monday through Friday, Bill O'Reilly. I know you've got a lot to say. Biden sure had a rough weekend. Yeah. I, you know, um, I lead the national broadcast, uh, on common sense tonight that comes up after the first break. We do local, um, for the first part of the show, but I think Biden should resign at this point. I don't think uh, things are going to get better for him or the country. I don't think that will happen until next year. But I say there's about 30% chance that next year you're going to hear Joe Biden say, because of health reasons, I have to resign. And after the Democrats get waxed in uh, November, the Biden presidency then is pretty much over because he'll never be able to pass anything, and any executive order will be challenged in federal court immediately. So he's just going to sit there, probably not there. He'll probably be out in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, most of the time. But the Democrats have got to get out from under Biden. Isn't that an interesting situation? It's a very tough situation. Uh, I understand even today uh, the the problem is that they're not only moving uh, uh, some of those migrants into in the borders by airplanes that's going to start moving them by buses to get further inland. I mean, what is this invasion all about, Bill O'Reilly? Well, it's about a lack of will by the Biden administration to develop a policy that would stop foreign nationals from illegally entering the United States. It's a joke now. And the only one benefiting from this uh, is the drug cartels in Mexico. They're making bloody fortune. They love Biden. So there's no policy. I mean, you fly here from uh, any country, you overstay your visa, who's going to track you? No one. So you can just overstay the visa. Who's going to come no Who's going to come, come take you away? No one. Now, no one. we had, uh, before we had uh, Congresswoman. Kat Kamek. Kat Kamek. And she brought us... Uh, she was showing us, Bill, the bracelets that the cartels put on the migrants, and it shows by the color of the bracelet and the number on it. How much they pay. And which cartel they belong and to. And which cartel gets the money. Right. Well, isn't that nice? So all, I'm, all I want is the president of the United States to actually address the situation. Well, Bill, I it's... mean, you know, uh, even after you get up from your bike and you dust yourself off, maybe you want to just make a comment or two about all this. No. Bill, it's Richard um, Weinberg. I think we all know by this point. Um, so you're going to you're going to have Eric Adams on. He's coming on what? How many how much time? Uh, we're going to have him uh, he's calling in as a, a some breaking news at about uh, 5 6 7 minutes, 8 minutes. Okay. But- so here's what I want to know from Adams. So last this morning, Monday morning at 12:35 in Harlem, nine people were shot. 
one day. 21-year-old kid, played basketball at a Texas college. I know nothing about the boy. I don't know whether he was involved in any way, shape, or form. I knew no, I do know nine people were shot on Juneteenth at 12:35 in Harlem. Is anybody surprised? No. Everybody reading the story just says, "Well, yeah, but this happens every day," which it does. <clears throat> so my question to Adams, that I hope you guys will ask him on my behalf, is: Are you going to vote for Kathy Hope? He you has endorsed her. He has endorsed her. No, but I want to know if he's going to go in. He has to endorse him because of the machine. Are you going to go in in the private privacy of the ballot box and pull the lever for Kathy Hochul? If so, why? Right. He is directly responsible mm-hmm. for all of this violence because she will not take on the Nobel law. Am I wrong? You're 100% right. Bill O'Reilly, that guy, the 21-year-old, he was a Houston Baptist men's basketball star, Darius Lee. He was shot once in the chest, and his coach called him a remarkable man with an amazing future ahead. He was six foot six, 230 pounds. Uh, he was just a great all-around, like, gentle giant. Yeah, no, and just a bystander. Another, another bystander. bystander. Correct. Gets killed because of Kathy Hochul. Right. I'm sorry if that sounds harsh, but it's true. That woman has the executive power to issue, just like Biden does, an executive order suspending this insane no-bail law and firing Alvin Bragg. Here's another question for the mayor. You want Bragg fired or you want to keep him? Those are questions that have to be asked on WABC. Enough, enough of this violence. And these people running around who could do something about it. I don't blame Adams for the Harlem shooting. I don't blame him for that. I blame him for supporting Hochul. You know, it's funny, Bill. Let's move on to a different conversation. Uh, What else would you like to talk about? It was good to see you on Saturday night at that party. (laughs) Um, Ask Adams if you'll do an interview with me. You'll get... I'll ask him privately. I won't ask him on here. All right. No, no, I don't want you to embarrass him. But, John, I know you well enough to know that you know the questions I'm asking have to be answered. You want innocent people like this 21-year-old who was killed in Harlem not to be dead. John Casamitidis does not want this to continue to happen. I fight like you for law and order. And Bill O'Reilly's actually very fair. I've admired your work for a long time. You're very fair when you're doing interviews. He is. He's very fair. And so I think it would be a great interview. I think you would, you know. Well, I, look, I mean, I'm not doing it for self-aggrandizement. I want this to stop. So uh, Don and I were at the party at Bridgehampton uh, on Saturday. And I was eating as many hors d'oeuvres as I could possibly get down because they were very expensive. And uh, there were a lot of interesting people there including uh, former police commissioner Ray Kelly. Now, Kelly and I, and I, and I hope I'm not insulting uh, the commissioner, think alike here. We're pretty much on the same page that there's no excuse for the system, the state of New York, to be sympathizing with violent people. That's not where our sympathies should lie. 
Now, I don't know whether the family of this, uh, what was his name again, Lydia? Darius Lee. The boy who was killed? Oh, we, um, his name Darius was. Darius Lee? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if they're listening, I will do everything I can for the Lee family. You contact me through WABC, and I will do anything <clears throat> I can do to help you. And I'm not, again, doing this to be self-aggrandizing. I'm doing this to focus the spotlight on life and death in the nation's biggest and most important city, New York, where we all live. Bill O'Reilly, I'll be listening to you tonight between 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock on uh, WABCradio.com and WABC 770 on the dial and com. Is that correct? What are you going to talk about tonight? You know, in mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the odds at 30 percent of uh, Biden resigning, and tell you why his own party would like to see that happen. Well, so thanks for having me in, everybody. Thank you, Bill I'll be listening with the mayor. Okay. Uh, now we have on the line, I believe, breaking news. WABC. We have the mayor Eric Adams with some breaking news. Uh, uh, mayor Adams. Uh, how are you, John? It's good to speak with you. It's always great being on with you. Well, always good to see you. And, uh, I, I, you know, and you do get around the city. You know what's going on. You see, the one thing I like about you, uh, Eric, and I like a lot about the thing, but you go around to all parts of the city and uh, you see what it's like and, and you're trying to give the people inspiration. I was at the, uh, what was it, the uh, Police Athletic League, that speech you gave at the Police Athletic League, and the one you gave on the Intrepid, it sounded like you were running for president. Oh, please don't do that, man. You're going to have to post. Get at me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us you what, what happened city. today. You, you, can run, you can run the country from New York. Trust me. I, I love being mayor. This is the greatest city on the globe. This is America's city. Uh, you know, so it's the greatest today, city in the world. All we have to do is bring it back. Uh, we'll bring back 66 million tourists back to New York City. All we have to do is we're going to work hard and get make sure they're going to feel comfortable when they get here. Without a doubt. And that's what we're doing every day uh, to make sure as we go through this recovery, you know, and I know don't ever bet on New York. We've had some dark moments, but we've always come back into the sunshine of prosperity. And, you know, today was a challenging day for us uh, to see a number of tourists were struck by a yellow cab and, you know, with some serious injuries. I'm on my way there now uh, to the location of the accident, and we're going to continue to reach out to uh, those who lived outside the city. I'm going to speak with their mayors to see if they need any assistance navigating uh, the bureaucracy here, seeing their loved ones uh, that were in the city for any any particular reason. Uh, we we're, I'm getting brief at the scene. I'm pulling up in a few moments, uh, but I'll be brief on exactly what happened. I saw a video of the incident, and the accident investigation team is determining exactly what took place. And, and tell us, uh, Mayor, there, there's some stuff going on tomorrow that you wanted to speak about. There was a... Uh, Housing. The rent board. The rent, rent board is making a decision. Yeah, the rent guideline board is making a decision. Uh, we we are truly concerned on both ends. Uh, number one, our renters. You heard in the earlier part of the year, we were talking about a nine percent increase. Uh, we thought that was unacceptable, and we are really using our voice to call on the rent guideline board 
uh, to look at a more modest uh, increase so that we could ensure uh, that we can help those low, uh, those low small units landlords who are really hurting during this time, but also find a balance to help the renters because everyone has gone through a devastating period. And we want to make sure that any increase, as the board indicated they will be doing, any increase should not be in the area of 9 8%. There's got to be, too high. Mayor Adams, there's got to be common sense in our city, in our state, and we all believe in it. Uh, Congressman King, you wanted to say something? Yeah, uh, yes, Mayor. First of all, I wanted to thank you and Commissioner Sewell for the effort you're making against crime. But when do you think you're going to get the support you need from the district attorneys, the city council, and the state legislature? Because I think the cops want to do the job, the commissioner wants to, you want to. When are they going to untie the hands of the cops and give them the support that they need? Well, it's a combination. First of all, Peter, it's really good hearing from you. Uh, I know your dad was an ex-cop, so you understand how important public safety is. Uh, We, the, the entire criminal justice apparatus, that means our judges, prosecutors, state lawmakers. Uh, we have to unbottleneck the system uh, to make sure we can get these dangerous offenders off our streets. And that's going to determine the people are going to have to make that determination uh, and lifting their voice to say this is what we need. Uh, the cops are doing their job, removing over 3,000 guns off our street, prosecuting bad people, arresting bad people. We need to make sure the rest of the system is doing its job. I know that John Casamitidis can speak for himself, but this station is totally behind all your efforts supporting the cops and going after and, criminals. And Judge Richard Weinberg, you had a, a, a question for the mayor? Well, I, no, I just want to tell. Hello, Mr. Mayor. I just want to tell you, I had, I had dinner with a whole bunch of uh, Supreme Court justices and criminal court judges in the last 10 days, and I want you to know that they're behind you. They know that you're trying to give them the support they need. You're absolutely right in advocating to give the judges the power to hold people in who are dangerous. And you have the support of the judiciary. I want you to know that. Um, and Thank you for that. And Lydia? Mayor Adams, um, thank you so much for always supporting the Albanian community. I'm Lydia Serrani. You actually came to a recent event, so we we're very we we're very proud of uh, you doing the double eagle with your with your hands. <laughs> So, but on a on a serious note, Darius Lee, he was the amazing basketball star, twenty one year old kid that was killed in Harlem, one of nine people. I know you're frustrated. I know you you want this city to come back, and we cannot lose any more young lives like this anymore. What can we do as New Yorkers to back you up to make sure that we we get our city back on track the way it was meant to be? And thank you for that. That's a very important question. I was up in Manhattan last night, uh, left around 2 a.m. with the police commissioner and just watching those bullet shells on the ground and seeing just the total disruption that took place in Harlem. What we can do is, number one, I've said this over and over again, we just send a clear message throughout this city and country uh, that this is a country of law and order. Uh, not unlawfulness and disorder. And it starts with supporting our police very publicly. Uh, there are times when I feel as though uh, we need, we can do a better job, everything from billboards to PSAs, to radio announcements, uplifting public safety and those who are fighting to keep our streets safe. And then uh, really sending uh, everything from letters to op-eds in our newspapers, uh, just stating uh, that this must be a city and country that start passing laws to protect innocent people. Every law you have witnessed recently, 
um, they have gone to protect those who have committed crimes. I say, when do we start doing things for those those who are innocent and are victims of crime and victim of unfair actions of those who are criminals? Mayor, what I've said to Albany, to the state senators and the state assembly people, eight and a half million people in New York deserve to be safe. And I've, when I've, we've talked to the commissioner, she says there's 3,000 violent criminals, violent criminals, not the person who stole, uh, uh, you know, some toothpaste or a loaf of bread, that if they were put away, then New York City, the 65 million tourists will come back. It would be a totally different city. And what you said, uh, John, is crucial. There are only uh, a small uh, number of people who are creating the violence. The problem is is that they're repeated offenders over and over again. Uh, when you see the number of times they have committed prior crimes and they're still on our streets, that is what's causing much of the crime that we're witnessing, everything from the robberies to the grand larcenies to the homicides, although we've had success, 30% decrease in homicides and shootings in April and May. We want to continue that success. Uh, but if we can go after these dangerous people, you will see a complete change in crime in our city. I agree. May- Mayor Adams, the common-sense Democrats, and there are many common-sense Democrats, have to stand up against the ones that want to change our city and make it dangerous. So true. Well said. Well said. Thank you so much for allowing me to come on. It's good to speak with all of you, and I look forward to continuously keeping you updated uh, as this administration moves forward. Well, thank you, Mayor Adams. And and we had Bill O'Reilly on before, and he says, I'd love to have Eric Adams on my show. He's a tough guy, but you can handle it. You're a tough guy. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have some other interesting people. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. What other show in America will you have Bill O'Reilly back-to-back with Mayor Adams? Nowhere. Talk about an array of... Anyway, well, we've got uh, Reverend Cockfield on the line. He is. He created this pack, and it's called for a Striving for a Better New York. It was created... Uh, by Reverend Cockfield with the hopes of boosting moderate candidates in upcoming state elections. And I know, Reverend Cockfield, the last time you were on Cats at Night, you said, I don't care if you're a Democrat, an independent or Republican. I just want to push forward and help those candidates that have common sense, moderate values, because that's what's missing, basically, in New York City. Reverend John Katsimatidis, uh, and we were together last week, and uh, we had a good uh, cup of coffee. And what do we do? To, to give the courage to the common sense. I just got off the phone uh, uh, on the air with the mayor. What do we do to give the common sense Democrats? And there are a lot of common sense Democrats in the Latino yeah, community, the Asian community, the black community, to give them the courage and say enough is enough with these people that want to harm our city. It's, it's atrocious what's happening, that, that this lawlessness is happening in our city and our state, that some people feel like this is acceptable. It's totally unacceptable. We have people that work hard every single day. Listen, this is Juneteenth weekend. Today we're observing Juneteenth. Yesterday was Juneteenth. We have a young, promising NBA future star gone because of lawlessness in our, lawlessness in our city. Common sense Democrats is what's striving for a bed in New York. 
is catering to and sponsoring and also funding campaigns. Now, we can help candidates who understand, people who work hard, who understand public safety, that our police officers, male and female, sacrifice their families and go out every single day. And then we have these young people and these people in the streets pulling out guns like it's okay. It's not okay. And we have to stop it. We have to put a stop to it. So we got to get good common sense candidates, which we're pushing for, independent, Republican, and Democrat. And Reverend Cockfield, I mean, we talk about it like, uh, you know, our kids. Education is the greatest equalizer. That's what we need to focus on, too, the education, the after-school programs. I mean, how we talk about the suspects and how fair it is for them. And, you know, nobody wants to be held on Rikers. But what about Darius Lee? That's that 21-year-old basketball star. I mean, he was called a remarkable man, shot dead in the chest once because he was out hanging out with his friends. He came home. I mean, we can't allow this to keep going on in our city. Absolutely not. It is, it, again, it's it's a very sorry. I think I think of his family this time. We have a, our prayers are with them, but they they don't want prayers. They want their son, right? That, that's that's the reality. Right. No one wants to uh, have their child come home for vacation and lose them. Right. They say, well, maybe they should have stayed stayed in school for the summer break instead of coming right. home. So we 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 really need to 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 trickle down, and people need to stand up. These legislators need to step up about the, the laws that they're passing and amend the laws to really give the judges, the Supreme Court judges, the, the, the capacity to keep these violent criminals behind bars. <clears throat> I'm not talking about people who have a past that they want to do something better. We want people that have the audacity to come outside these streets and pull the trigger. They have no, no care for life. Reverend Cockfield, this is former Congressman Pete King. Are you getting involved in any of the primaries coming up? Because there are, as I said, Mayor Adams is supporting some, I think, solid Democrats against some uh, more radical ones. Uh, are you and, involved and when, in that? And when are the, the, the – because we're going to help. WABC will help on common sense. When are these primaries and who is running? We have the Assembly and the state governor and lieutenant governor's elections happening right now. The early, early voting starting on Saturday uh, uh, June 18th, and the primary is next Tuesday. And so we have all the Assembly, New York State Assembly, and district leaders, right? So we have district leaders, which is important as well, because when someone has to step down, something, they put people in the seats. So it's extremely important. We're focused on even in Long Island, Pete, uh, Congressman Peter King, we're, we're focused on Long Island and upstate too as well. So we have the Assembly this, this coming week right now and the, the governor and lieutenant governor. And also, you're right, right. Most people don't realize the importance of district leaders and, and you know the role they play in putting the party together. Judge Weinberg, That's absolutely correct, Reverend. You're absolutely correct to focus on the district leaders because the district leaders are the ones who, in many cases, control nominations to legislature and certainly nominations to the elected judges. So, if you want to have law and order, public safety oriented judges, you have to make sure that you have the right district leaders in place so that you don't have extremists being put on the ballot for judgeships. So you're absolutely correct. Extremists is the word, John. That's what we have in our city today. And they're okay with it. But we're not okay with it. This is our city. I don't know where these people come from, but they need to go back where they came from. We have a city that, that, that is so promising. You can come here, and I'm sure a congressman can tell, testify about this. You can come to this city with nothing, work hard, and own anything you want. You talk about me again. <laughs> 
Reverend Cockfields, I want you to clear up a, a common misconception. I was a reporter at Fox 5. I went to, you know, unfortunately, I had to go to a lot of crime scenes, and a lot of them were in the inner city communities. I never heard anybody saying, we don't want the police here. We want less police. They actually said, we want more police. 99% of African Americans, Latinos, you name it, that live in the, or anybody that lives in the lower income, they want to be safe. They don't want to be afraid to walk down the street and allow criminals to to run the streets. How do you like why aren't like the people like AOC? Why don't they get it through their head? They don't we don't want to defund the police. We want to fund our kids. We want to have peace in our streets. How do we get like common sense into those thick skulls? Listen, I, I don't think they want common sense. You know, it, it, it's 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 absolutely absurd to think that it's OK to not feel safe. Reverend, uh, tell us also, Reverend, tell us also about your church in Brooklyn. Uh, my church, Garbatown and Prayer Church, is in, in, in the heart of central Brooklyn, Linden Boulevard, and Schenectady, where I also have a private school, Baton Christian Academy, where we have early childhood. Parents bring their children to our school because it's a safe environment. But, you know, it, it, it's, it, you talked about education earlier. Mm-hmm. Education is the equalizer. But if you're doing everything right to get your children in school and give them a good education, but they go to college, they're playing ball, and they come home and get killed, then there's something still wrong with the system. Yep. And so it, it, no matter how hard you, your education is one piece, so we're talking about parents who do what they're supposed to do and put their children in good educational institutions, but then there's still the public safety issue. There is nobody that wants to not have proper security and public safety in these streets. We want police to patrol our streets, drive by, or Listen, there's no way in the world that you want to go that way they don't want public safety. You want to make sure you can get go come home and you're home and turn the key and you, no one's inside that shouldn't be there. The same way of going to the supermarket. You want to go to the supermarket. Look at the, look at the massacre that happened in Buffalo in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. This is absurd. There is a big problem with guns in our country, big problems in our city, and we should put these criminals away and we should not have no mercy on them because they don't have mercy on us. Reverend Cockfield, how do you feel about the bail reform law? I mean, you know, we've, we've been criticizing it here at WABC Radio. I know Mayor Adams has been critical of it. We are tired of seeing the same people getting out over and over. Somebody caught with an illegal gun should not get out the next day or a couple of hours later. That's just crazy. Every, lately, every crime, when they drill down to find out the pattern of the person who committed the crime when they found them, they realized they had been locked up in less than 60 days before and been returned right back to the streets in less than 24 hours. That is a serious problem, and the legislature needs to give the judges the right to put bail when it comes to criminal offenses. If you have the, if you have the guts to carry a gun and, and shoot, you should pay the crime and stay in jail and have your trial and then figure out whatever it is. But this, we need to get back to the law and order in these streets. I, we agree 100%. We need common sense. Uh, Reverend Al Cockfield, thank you so much for coming on. And, and tell us, tell all New Yorkers, and we'll have you on again soon, tell all New Yorkers what they have to do to get some common sense people elected so we're not suffering in the streets of New York. We have to show up to the polls. We have early voting. At your convenience right now, you can go out and vote every single day up until Saturday. Uh, Sunday, actually, the last early voting day, Monday is a day off, and then Tuesday is the primary day. Go out and vote. 
Listen, in my school, Lamont Academy Charter School, which is in, in Brooklyn, Brownsville, where one of the highest uh, gun shootings are, we promote our children about education, about voting, and they show up. We have children historically never went to school, are now showing up every day at, in the highest attendance possible you could think of in a, in a low-poverty neighborhood because we give them hope, inspiration, and real results. And so what does that mean? Parents, adults, voting electorate, go out and vote and put our legislators in who will do the right thing well, for common sense. Thank you, you Reverend Al. We're going to talk to you again before the primary, and, uh, and thank you for coming on. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night Show. Now uh, we have on the line for us Reverend A.R. Bernard. We love having uh, Reverend Bernard on with us. And I, you have a show here at WABC as well, sir, Reverend. That is correct. Uh, good evening, everyone. Always good to be with you. Reverend, we, we just uh, t- uh, we talked to uh, Mayor Eric Adams uh, 15 minutes ago, and, and uh, he... And then we spoke to uh, one of his representatives, uh, Reverend Al Cockfield, and he's mad oh, yeah. as hell. Uh, well, I shouldn't say hell with reverence. <laughs> <laughs> he's mad as heck that uh, that uh, uh, common sense Democrats are not standing up for what's right in New York, what's right in America. What can we do to have common sense, whether they're common sense blacks, common sense Asians, common sense uh, Latinos, everybody. They, they, they need the courage to stand up in the state assembly and stand up in the, in the state senate and, and say enough is enough. We're going to keep New York safe. You know, we are concerned about the direction that our nation is going in, and you're right to use the language common sense. It's not Republican or Democrat. It's common sense, which doesn't seem to be too common in, 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 in Washington, uh, uh, my friends. But we've got to do something about the direction that our nation is going in. Um, you know, for the most part, when you think about today as Juneteenth uh, celebration of the emancipation of, of blacks, uh, and, and we think about how most blacks think about life and, and the structure and order of society. We are pro-family. We are pro-life. We are individuals who understand the family structure as God blessed us to have it. And we tend to be fiscal and social conservatives. And that's without association with a political party, just our common sense on what really works. And you're right. We need to get back to it. And Reverend Bernard, where where have we gone wrong as a country? I just saw a recent poll that a believe believing in God is at an all time low. We're seeing so much destruction as a result of broken homes. I feel like there there's a big connection there, and to the Absolutely. violence that we're also seeing. Yeah, look, the the home is foundational to society, and we just celebrated Father's Day. The father is foundational to the home. How, you know, for home is, is, is father's house. It is that responsibility. Things went wrong in the garden. No offense, Lydia, because of Eve, but <laughs> go to Eve. He went to Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? So Adam, the buck stopped with the man there. And that is a structure that even Jesus referred to in a conversation about divorce. He went back to the beginning. Yes, God made some concessions, and we make concessions in society because of human nature. 
But what really works is the original intent in the mind of God. And we get away from that, we're in trouble. Look at the violence that we saw in Buffalo. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, innocent people slain while going shopping in a supermarket. Look at the violence that we saw, <laughs> excuse me, where entering a schoolhouse with children. These are our moral institutions. These are the voices of the conscience of our society, the soul of our, <coughs> our nation. And what, what does that tell us? That we are in crisis, our souls in crisis. I was asked, well, how do you respond as a Christian to this kind of violence? Well, there are two hats I have to wear. First, I have to put on the pastoral hat. And the pastoral hat has compassion for the victims, the family, and even for the individual whose actions are rooted in a violence that comes from an aggression rooted in alienation from God and alienation from one another. We have to fix that broken, wounded reality, compounded over the last three and a, two and a half years by the isolation of, of COVID. We've got to reconnect people to God and to one another. Prophetically, we also have to hold individuals responsible for their actions. They don't get a pass. They may get a second chance if it's warranted, but they have to take responsibility for their actions. It's a balance of grace and truth. Order is necessary. Otherwise, we're going to have chaos. So until we bring those two things together, we're going to still have these culture wars and our children and our families and our nation is suffering as a result. Reverend Bernard, this is former Congressman Pete King, and you're talking about bringing people together. I want to congratulate you and Rabbi Potasek for the outstanding job you do every Sunday and for the inspiration you give everyone. I think it's so important that we do find common values, that we do stand together, and we do have the guts to speak out. I really commend you and the rabbi for doing it. And if I didn't commend the rabbi, he'd call me on the phone tonight and complain. But very seriously, you and Rabbi Vitesse are such a great team. And, again, you really are what, uh, to me, what New York should be all about. Thank you so much, Peter. And it's always good to hear you and also have you on our program right here on WABC on Sunday morning. And Rabbi and I just came back from a tour of the Mormon, the Latter-day Saints, right. uh, food distribution center in Salt Lake City. And we had a, a panel discussion at Brigham, Brigham Young University talking about religious liberty and how it affects all of us. So we may have differences in theology and nuances in doctrine, but at the end of the day, we can all come together for the common good. And, and like John Katsimatidi said, use some common sense. Well, uh, uh, um, A.R. Bernard, Reverend Bernard, tell us, you, you, you have a very big church, what, 50,000 people? Uh, not quiet. Uh, we were we were pre-COVID forty-five thousand, wow. and you know we we lost only about thirty-two people who actually died from COVID, mm. but a hundred and thirty-five people who were impacted their family lost, and we had people who relocate. So we're we're down to about thirty-eight thousand people right now. Well, Reverend, um, you got to tell you know, your you got to tell your parishioners common sense. They have to vote for common-sense people. Don't allow them to destroy our city. The people that are uh, are, are the uh, people that want to destroy our city, the woke culture. Here's the interesting thing. My congregation is 85% Democrat. I'm a Republican. We've got 15% of Republicans and conservatives and independents, and yet 
we all agree that we need to have common sense leadership, keep, common sense legislation keep to respond our city, to the issues. Keep our city safe. Put the 3,000 criminals that are, are performing 95% of the crimes, the violent crimes. I'm, I don't care about a loaf of bread. The violent crimes. Put them away so 8.5 million New Yorkers can live in peace. Well, in the back of my church, that sermon would get an amen, and you're preaching real good, John <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk again real soon. Always my pleasure. God Thank bless you. everyone. A.R. Bernard. Uh, and uh, I, you know, today on Juneteenth, uh, it's time, you know, I, I see the revolution happening within ourselves that, that no matter if you're white, black, uh, Latino, uh, or Asian, we want peace and, and tranquility in our city. I know. Eight and a half million people want to be peaceful. Well, who are these people in the assembly and who are these people in the Senate that want to ruin our city? And the district attorneys. Yeah, they're the ones with their own security <laughs> yeah. detail that the taxpayers pay for. Don't forget now, the city council. Don't mm. forget the city Lydia, council. Lydia, we had a Congresswoman uh, uh, Kat Kamek. Kat and Kamek on before, and you, uh, we interviewed her for a few minutes about an hour ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many problems at the border. The border is out of control. What What is Washington doing allowing the border to be under control, out of control, having all these criminals come in, having all these terrorists come in without checks and balances? Uh, do I believe in immigration? Yes, I want immigration. But we got to know who's coming or going. Right. She said that there's no vetting process whatsoever. But we had the congresswoman. She came in a short time ago. Let's take a listen. And in studio with us, what a treat. We have Congresswoman Kat Kamek. Uh, she is serving as a U.S. representative for Florida's third congressional district located in central Florida. And Congresswoman, you just came back from a very interesting trip. Tell us all about it. So uh, I came back from my fifth trip to the border uh, about 24 hours ago. And I spent an entire shift with Border Patrol and Texas DPS all the way into 4 o'clock in the morning down in Roma, which is one of the lesser covered areas. But what's unique about Roma is that's where a lot of the gun battles between the rivalry cartels take place on the Mexican side of the border. And the way that the, the topography is laid out, the United States side is higher. So you can look down on this town and you can see the cartels basically staging with people and rafts. And it was there that, you know, another major group, about 100, came up in one of our encounters. And we had several runners. Uh, these two gentlemen were from Venezuela. We caught them. And when they run, they're running for a reason. And, it, again, it's, it's drugs, it's sex, sex offenders. We've caught 50 people on the international terrorist watch list just this year alone. And, I mean, in one night, in a single shift, we saw hundreds. And that was just one little tiny piece of the border. And, then again, these are people who come with fentanyl who then bring this into New York City, into Orlando, Jacksonville, L.A., Chicago, and it's killing our communities. And it's putting law enforcement in a very dangerous position because as the drugs get further inland, they become more valuable. And so we're really seeing... A, uh, a, a national security crisis like we've never seen before. And that's why I say repeatedly, every town in America is a border town. It is a top concern of Americans everywhere. That is very concerning, uh, uh, Congresswoman, because I've also saw this afternoon that instead of just using airplanes to move 
some of the migrants around, I understand they're going to start moving them around in buses. Yes. Yes. Uh, You know, I think it's pretty crazy that not only are we flying them around. In fact, while I was at the airport, there were two private charters paid for by the American taxpayer loading up illegals, sending them to God knows where. And now we've got a report that they're going to start busing them further inland into the United States. Now, last week we uncovered that FEMA, FEMA is actually engaging at the border and spending $260 million on food and shelter and transportation for illegals. Keep in mind that's coming out of a pot of money that is designed to help people that are on the verge of homelessness. Disaster relief. And it's designed for single mothers, for homeless veterans, and $260 million of that money is now going to the illegals at the border. Our country is getting invaded. It is. It's an invasion. There's no other way to say it. And, Congressman, woman, you brought in these uh, red, uh, what are these to put on your wrists? What is this? It says Entraga. What is this? So these wristbands, um, and for the listeners out there, I'm holding these um, kind of vinyl red wristbands. Every single person who comes across the border illegally wears a wristband, and no one comes across the border without paying the cartel. So the cartels make these folks wear these wristbands, and it designates the number. So on here you can see this is number 1,955. It's a red wristband, which designates the day, and then it also designates the cartel. And once they come across, they rip the bands off because it's kind of like, you know, they're marked people. These the, the cartels own them when they have them on here because at that point they're just numbers, they're they're oh dollar signs. And you can see this one has a little bit of a, a an extra piece tied around it. Mm-hmm. It's for a child because it was so big it could only fit around the child's wrist. So you can see that. Well, the last time you were uh, on our show, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about the uh, the uh, baby, baby formula. formulas. Yes. Is there? I mean, there's plenty of baby formula for the. People crossing the border, yes. but our store shelves are still empty. Yeah, and, you know, that's what's crazy is uh, while I was down in Texas uh, just 24 hours ago, I stopped by that same processing facility where those photos had been taken, and they had more formula on the shelves, and they were talking about how there was an unusual surge of babies and children coming through that they hadn't seen in, a, in quite a while. And, of course, I stop in at the Target and the Walmart there, and still nothing on the shelves. I had a call with uh, our manufacturers with Baby Formula, and they're 24-7 trying to catch up. But the fact remains that Biden's FDA shut down the nation's largest manufacturer without a plan to backfill that 43%. And as we know, they got back online after we raised cane. But it literally took us posting videos of Baby Formula at the border to get the attention of the White House. Of course, which they denied that there was a crisis, denied that there was anything going on with baby formula. But now, as of last week, that that plant in Sturgis that was starting to get back up online after we raised cane, they flooded. So they're back and shut down. So this this formula crisis is going to persist, and we can't import it fast enough to make up the disaster that the Biden administration Congresswoman, uh, we have a minute left. What would you like to tell the American people? That right now, everything that the Biden administration touches turns to crap. Uh, Everything is a disaster from start to finish. And this is why elections matter. And so overwhelmingly, we have to take the House, we have to take the Senate and set the stage for 24 because we cannot sustain the path that we are on. America is under attack and there's no doubt about it. Yes. Yes. So many directions. Absolutely. And we have to put America first.
Thank, wow. thank you so much, Congresswoman Kat Kamek. Come back anytime in studio. We love having you. Thank you so much for always speaking the truth and investigating and seeing for yourself what is really going on. Thank Absolutely. you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, I, I liked her. I liked her a lot. She'll talk about eloquent, right to the point, and she is a one, one tough lady, as John would say. John loves them tough ladies, right, John? Now on the line for us, we have candidate for New York Governor Andrew Giuliani. And, uh, Andrew, how are you? I know you just heard this interview, and, you know, like she said, she said all the cities throughout the country are basically border cities now because of what's going on. Yeah, I've had the opportunity to get to know Congresswoman Kamek, and she's been uh, really uh, amazing on this issue. And, and when we see what's going on in New York specifically, look, I've uh, I've got a daughter that's six and a half months old right now, and I worry about baby formula. And when we think about all the issues that are going on in the state of New York, in our country here, uh, it's an issue that we need to be focused on. And as she said, every every city is a border town these days. And I think she's absolutely dead on. And, and uh, it'll be interesting to see tonight during the debate how much of the focus is on New York versus how much is on issues uh, that really are national issues like inflation, like the baby formula crisis that we're going through, like uh, like obviously our energy prices that we're dealing with right now. I saw uh, Mr. Katzmatidi's interview on Fox a couple of days ago on it, and I thought it was absolutely dead on. I think there are some things that I can do as governor of New York to help subside that. But look, we're going to make sure we're going to need to make sure that we win the House and uh, win the Senate back. So that way we can see some some fighting in uh, in D.C. here for uh, our America first agenda. Hey, Andrew, this is Pete King. Let me be a political hack and ask you the question. How are you doing in the polls? Where are you? How's it look for next Tuesday? You've run a great campaign. I hate to admit that because you and I always go back and forth kidding each other. But you've really run a great campaign. And I've said before, you're much more, you're much better than your father. How's that? <laughs> well, I'll take it, Congressman. You know, i got to tell you, in retirement, you're working even harder than you were uh, down in D.C. And that's not for a lack of trying because you worked your you-know-what off down in D.C. Well, right? Thank you, Andrew. I, I have to tell you, you know, to be honest, and looking at the last Siena poll that came out, uh, had our favorables up 14 points over our next closest competitor. Uh, I think this is going to be a really, really close race coming down to uh, June 28th. And we're asking all of our supporters to make sure they watch tonight, watch tomorrow night on Newsmax. Tonight's on Spectrum. Watch tomorrow night on Newsmax. Uh, and then come on out and vote on June 28th. But I, I love the way that everything has been breaking. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, I, I've been getting a little help from from your old friend uh, Rudy Giuliani as well. And, and when I mean uh, Rudy's old friend, great, tell I him mean, I said uh, love. Friend, friend from a long time. So Andrew Giuliani, there were nine people that were shot in Harlem alone. One of them, a 21 year old basketball star. If you became governor, what would you do to make our city safe again? I think first and foremost, and and I've said this as governor, I would immediately uh, look at the MTA because the MTA has more board seats. uh, uh, The governor has more board seats for the MTA than the mayor does and make sure that I'm putting the resources necessary on the actual subway tracks and on the actual subway cars, I should say, uh, and the platforms uh, and make sure that if the mayor is uh, not going to put the resources on there, we will as a state right there. Uh, But then I'll also make sure, for example, that we sit down on day one with Stuart Cousins and with Hastie and tell them very simply, bail reform needs to go. This is something that's not a negotiating point. We need to make sure that we are, as 
John said earlier, that we are going after uh, the criminals and that we are actually locking up those people that are committing violent crime. I think about the subway shooter from uh, a few weeks back. This person was arrested 19 times. There is no excuse for this person to be able to harm anybody else. And we are seeing it time and time again. And, guys, I have to tell you, while we're focused on New York City, and rightfully so, uh, other places where I hear 770 all around the state, like Rochester, like Binghamton, like Buffalo, it's actually even worse per capita. And you could just overlay when bail reform was signed into law by Cuomo in April of 2019 and the violent crime rates, and they have spiked over the last three years. Well, Andrew Giuliani, thank you so much for coming on and giving us uh, good luck on your debates. And uh, and uh, the primaries run next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Primary is next Tuesday, eight days from today, and make sure everybody watches New York One tonight. For uh, it's when you're listen, when you're not listening to WABC, tune in to uh, <laughs> maybe you do it. Maybe you do what I used to do with the Yankee games right there, which is uh, you know turn the audio off on the TV and turn the audio on on WABC right there. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, you know, so that's much. How I used to do it. Thank you so thank much. Thank you guys. Come on, Andrew. We'll be watching. Thank you. What a show, John. What a show. Great job. Well, I mean. Uh, you, you know, on this uh, day, this holiday, uh, national holiday, Juneteenth, uh, we had uh, uh, Eric Adams on. Uh, we had uh, Reverend A.R. Bernard. We had Reverend Al uh, Cockfield. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think the, the black people in this country are very religious people. They love this country. And uh, they, want, they want law and order. What was interesting, John, we had people from different political parties, different races, but everyone was saying the same thing. But you yeah. can say common Bernard, sense on law and order. Uh, a Republican. Right. Uh, Al, uh, uh, Reverend Al Cockfield is a Democrat right. supporting Eric Adams, and Eric Adams certainly a Democrat. And Andrew Giuliani. Uh, because and, uh, he, he supported, yeah, and he supported. Uh, so why are uh, so many officials beholden to the radical left? They don't have the courage to stand up against them, and that's what I'm saying to everybody. They, you know, stop being cowards. Stand up against them. But uh, I want to thank you. We're at the end of the show, and uh, thank you, uh, Richard Weinberg, Judge Richard Weinberg. Thank you, Congressman Peter King. You'll always be my congressman. Thank you, John. Uh, Lydia Serrani. And what music do we hear? It stands for Truth, Truth Justice, Justice, and, and the, the American, American Way. way. God bless America. God bless New York, because we do need God's help. And, and and since the Democratic Party doesn't believe in God's help uh, <laughs> the way it is, then let God help us. Right. right.